2: On earth is gone and my activities here are past. I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my
0: Now here's your host, Matt Dannison. It's Indiana. What I feel
3: is the pinnacle. The absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball.
2: Hello, welcome in, Wednesday edition of the show, glad to be back with you after being away yesterday, always great to talk IU basketball, football, local sports here in southern Indiana and so much more, lots of rain the last couple days, man it has been uh, dreary, but uh, hopefully some warmer weather continues, that has been nice and uh, no issues I don't think. As we think ahead to this weekend with high school basketball, I know that ADs and referees and coaches, all the changes and cancellations and postponements are crazy, but hopefully we've got a little bit of a reprieve from winter weather, or at least the really bad stuff for the next week and a half or so. I know that I'm sure hoping that's the case, but glad you're with us today. Don't forget, if you missed the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us... Basically, anywhere you listen to podcasts, uh, you can find our show there. And we're glad you're with us, whether it's live on the Big X, streaming on the Big X, the TuneIn app, uh, all sorts of way to listen live, and of course the podcast on demand as well. Uh, but welcome to our Wednesday show. Let's look at the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Here in segment one, as always, we have our Hoosier headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. We'll go through some IU stuff. Uh, Leah McNilly named a McDonald's All-American. That is a huge honor for him, but really an expected honor after the high school career that he's had and the senior year that he is having at Montverde Academy down in Florida. So some other recruiting notes as well coming up. A little bit of an update on Kellell Ware. Is he going to be available for Indiana in their next game against Illinois, which by the way... Terrence Shannon uh, has uh, received, I guess it's an injunction. Uh, He's able to return to the Illinois basketball team, so he will be with uh, Illinois uh, when Indiana and uh, the Illini play this weekend. That's uh, obviously a very, very tough player that adds a lot to their roster. Later in the show on this Wednesday program, We'll be joined by Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. Dustin is with us every week. He's the Pacers beat writer these days for the Star, but he still talks everything with us from college sports to IU to football, uh, even a little bit of Pacers and a lot more. So we'll have him today. And then later today, Josh Cook is out, but Sharon Wilkerson, the head coach of the Jeffersonville Red Devils, will be with us. I had a chance to call the Jeff Columbus East game on Saturday night. And it was a terrible game to call on the radio. And it had nothing to do with Coach Wilkerson of the Red Devils. They just were playing really well. And Columbus East was playing really not well. And uh, it was one of the worst broadcasts uh, that I can remember here on the Big X as far as not even being competitive at all. Uh, there's nothing better from a broadcaster's perspective uh, than calling a close game. That's what you live for. The buzzer beaters, the the last-second shots, the overtimes, the crowds roaring in the background. Uh, that's the big deal with this stuff. But blowouts, they're tough to call on the radio. So we had some filler time for sure on Saturday night. But uh, again, good win for Jeff. Good weekend for Jeff. Another big weekend ahead for the Red Devils. And we'll talk about Coach Wilkerson uh, with Coach Wilkerson a little bit later today. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Uh, try them out today for lunch. they got great sandwiches, salads, and soups that are made fresh daily. And they will surely satisfy any craving you have. You might even find something else to take home as they have a variety, variety of dinner packages. Give Honeybag Tam in New Albany a try. I think you'll be glad that you did. Uh, a couple programming notes. Friday night, uh, because of some conflicts here on the Big X, we will have our high school game on 900 a.m., Uh, Also, it will be on, uh, let me make sure I get this correct, 107.3 FM, uh, another station uh, of our network of stations here with Word Media, and on Friday night, we'll have Bedford North Lawrence at Jeffersonville, so it's going to be a big game for the Devils as far as conference standings are concerned. Then on Saturday, we return to the Big X, and we will have New Albany hosting Jasper at the New Albany Doghouse uh, on Saturday evening. So uh, two games, Friday and Saturday. Join us for those. If you can't get out, don't forget the Friday game is on 900 AM and 107, uh, 107.3 FM and uh, back to the big x on saturday for that uh, new albany game as well Uh, also thornton's text line is open 502-414-1450 again 502-414-1450 love to hear from you questions comments complaints uh, whatever it may be on iu basketball football local sports high school basketball Whatever you want to talk about, as long as it's respectful, reasonable, we'll get it on the air. Again, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Uh, we'd love to hear from you here on this Wednesday show. If you're looking for a icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32 ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's and send us a text on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Let's get into our Hoosier headlines, a summary of the Today's top IU in southern Indiana sports news. Liam McNeely from Montverde, an IU commit. Right now, Indiana's only commit and signee in the 2024 class was named a McDonald's All-American yesterday. McNeely considered a five-star forward. He is number 15 nationally, according to 247 Sports, uh, was named to the game's roster yesterday. And his teammate, and a lot of people think, hope that he will be an IU Hoosier as well. Derek Queen was also named to the team. I don't think there was any surprise that either of those guys uh, were named to the McDonald's All-American game. Queen, of course, 6'10", number 12 nationally in the class of 2024 those are great friends that go all the way back to their middle school years and we'll see what happens with queen because early february he is expected to make his decision so you've got McNeely, queen and also cooper flag from montverde three players from the same high school team uh, named to the mcdonald's all-american game and the game this year scheduled for april 2nd at the toyota center in houston and uh, so we'll, that's always a fun game. A lot of all star games are not, fun to watch. I do enjoy the McDonald's game because there's some pride. It's such a historic game. There's some real pride in that game. I remember going to that game a few times over the years, but especially down in Atlanta when Romeo Langford was playing in that game. It was a fun game. It was a competitive game. Those guys really wanted to try to win and, and uh, make their uh, stamp there on national television. Some of the guys like McNeely and Quentin nowadays with how many high school games ESPN and their family of stations broadcast, they're used to that kind of stuff. But a lot of Guys, they don't get the chance, even on some of the really good high school programs. You know, think in Indiana. Rarely have we seen a high school team from our state get a chance to play on ESPN. Uh, it's happened. New Albany was one of those teams, but it doesn't happen all the time, and so uh, it's a big deal, uh, no question about it. Uh, also, in the McDonald's game, um, keep in mind that you know there's a girls' side to it as well and uh, just a, a good collection of some of the best players in the country that are going to play high, uh, college basketball. My other thought there, the other all-star game that's fun to watch, Indiana-Kentucky. I know it's lost some luster, especially on the Kentucky side of things, my opinion on that, uh, but it is still a meaningful game that the, the players, the kids, the coaches, they really want to win because it's not just a random showcase opportunity. It really has some meaning when you're representing something uh, like your state that obviously is much bigger uh, than yourself. Couple other headlines to mention here in this opening state uh, segment. Uh, Trent Sicily of Heritage Hills. I saw an update on his recruitment from 247 Sports. He said Purdue, Indiana, Notre Dame, Michigan State, Iowa, and a little bit of Wisconsin have been consistent. He told uh, 247 Sports as far as uh, schools that are contacting him. And most interested in him, he's taken a number of uh, unofficial visits and one official visits, uh, one official visit so far. Uh, Iowa, I think, is the only school that he has been at as far as an official visit goes. On his junior year, he's got a visit coming up to Purdue on February 10th. And then he said he expects to take more official visits coming up this summer and later into the fall as well. Of course, you get the junior year official visits. You also get to come back, even the same schools if you choose, and go for a senior year official visit as well. He was asked to kind of tell a little bit about each school and where things stand for Indiana. He said, quote, they were also in on me early. Coach Walsh has been talking with me a lot, and Coach Woodson as more recently. They're both uh, in a pretty good spot with me right now. So he also, again, high on Purdue, Notre Dame, Iowa. Those seem to be the main schools for Sicily uh, at this point. Kelville Ware, what's his uh, situation? What's his status for the Illinois gaming up, game coming up on Saturday? Uh, may not know until the teams take the floor for the official pregame warm-ups. Coach Woodson said Monday night in his coaches' shows that he's hopeful. kal Ware is back Saturday, but he said that he, quote, can't promise that. That is what he told Don Fisher. He said that Ware has not practiced since he missed the Wisconsin game last Friday night. Remember, he sprained his right ankle, came down on a teammate's foot during practice before the Wisconsin game. kal is an important piece to this Indiana roster, He's averaging 14.2 points and a big 9.4 rebounds per game for this Indiana team. Speaking of players that hope to get to the next level, uh, one that has is Trace Jackson Davis. What a season he is having. Uh, he is uh, averaging 7 points, 4.3 rebounds, uh, and .8 blocks per and 14.4 minutes per game, he was the second-to-last pick. You probably remember in the 2023 NBA draft, and he has definitely exceeded all uh, expectations for the Warriors this season. Now, the Warriors having a little bit of a different year themselves. They are four games under 500. I did not realize that four games under the 500. Uh, so uh, interesting to see uh, the Warriors, this great Warriors team and franchise we've seen the last I don't know what eight, ten years or so. So a lot of those guys are veterans, uh, see what happens next. But Trace Jackson Davis has earned his keep and I think earned a spot in the NBA for the foreseeable future. Uh, will be interesting to follow him the rest of the way in the NBA season. couple Big Ten notes, uh, Wisconsin uh, edged out Minnesota last night. Greg Gard, who I really like at Wisconsin, uh, got his 100th win as a Big Ten head coach. Of course, he was at Wisconsin for some time as an assistant. Uh, Before taking over the uh, job on a permanent or the head coaching job on a permanent basis. Uh, But definitely, Wisconsin, a team that I think is really good and a team to watch in the Big Ten Conference. We are headed to state tournament basketball action on the girls' side of things. The pairings came out over the weekend. Uh, Best thing I saw in the pairings is the 1A sectional, which is at West Washington. Borden and Lanesville, I think number one Lanesville, number four Borden in the latest state poll are opposite of each other on opposite sides of the bracket. So if everything works out in a couple Saturday nights for actually one week from this Saturday, uh, it'll be Borden or should be Borden and Lanesville in a sectional championship game. And that's a game that'll have A lot of statewide interest. I think the winner of that game is expected to go deep into the tournament, maybe to make it to Indianapolis for a state championship game. Uh, But that will be a big opportunity, no question about it, for the winner of that contest to move on through the state tournament. A lot of girls basketball here this week as they're trying to wrap up the regular season. Jeff uh, beat New Albany a lot closer than I thought it might be on Monday night, a game that was postponed twice before they finally got it in uh, on Monday, evening. Also, the uh, Red Devils continuing to finish out the season strong. They had a nice win over a good Scottsburg team last night. Providence is Uh, Really been on a roll as well. They had a Tuesday night win at Shaw Memorial. Uh, They are a team heading into the postseason with some expectations. Silver Creek uh, won their 10th game in a row last night uh, with a victory over Eastern Pekin. They ran away with it, 69-38. And uh, Silver Creek, that's their 10th win in a row. And uh, they have clinched a share with that of the Mid-Southern Conference Championship. So uh, girls basketball coming down the stretch Sectionals will be here soon. A lot of fun to watch, no question about that. Final note uh, Kentucky, after lots of praise, and I said I think they're a Final Four team. I mentioned earlier in the week on Monday, could we see Kentucky and Purdue, two local teams within two, three hours of Southern Indiana, uh, make it to the Final Four? Is it the year that one of those teams wins a national championship? Probably an odd person. I know a lot of you are diehard Indiana fans. That's obviously the main topic of this show, but. I like to see locals do well. I really do, whether that's Indiana, Louisville, Kentucky, Purdue, uh, Indiana mid-major teams like Indiana State this year has been good. I always keep an eye on Butler. It's always fun when teams from the Hoosier State or this area have success in the NCAA tournament. I think it just makes basketball, which I consider this the basketball capital of the world, Kentucky-Anna, to be honest with you. I know other people would say it's uh, the Duke-North Carolina triangle uh, down in that part of the country. But I think basketball at all levels matters. The most right here in the area that we live in. But with all that said, as high as I was on Big Z in Kentucky after his debut, they got clipped and not just beat, but beat 79-62 at South Carolina last night, another court storming. And you know, Coach Cow hates those court stormings. We remember that from Indiana. Of course, they can be a safety issue. Think about Caitlin Clark at Iowa on Monday. We talked about some of that on our program Monday. But really surprised to see Kentucky get beat by that score. Uh, at South Carolina last night. I did not see that one coming, uh, that's for sure. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back to talk more IU basketball and more with Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star. Your thoughts, your questions, your comments, send them in on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Wednesday program. Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star will check in with us here in just a moment. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Dustin, welcome into the show. Uh, Lots to get to from, really, a basketball perspective. We're into that great time of the year as far as the Big Ten Conference goes, college basketball. It seems like every night there are big, meaningful conference games on television. And as we get ready next week or just over a week from now to hit February 1st, a month away from conference tournaments, basically, one word that we will hear over and over again is NCAA tournament resume. That resume word will be brought up a lot on these broadcasts. The question is, uh, is Indiana going to even be in the discussion for a resume that is fitting for the NCAA tournament? And I think a lot of us, I think we talked about this last week, I know I've shared my opinion, I would bet no on that at this juncture of the season for the Hoosiers.
3: Yeah, it's not trying in a good direction at all. Obviously, you know, losing you know, double figures at Wisconsin, uh, you know, it doesn't help Wisconsin suddenly on the two line. So I mean, it's not that bad of a loss. But you you need a good win. I mean, you just desperately need uh, some good wins, and there's only so many more left uh, on the table. I mean, I think Il- at Illinois
2: uh, on
3: Saturday might be a must win because I I just don't know how many other ones are going to stand out uh, the rest of the way. Obviously, if they were to beat Purdue at Purdue, uh, that would make a difference. But I mean, certainly at the way they you know played them you know uh, last week, um, I think it was last week. they they're all running together lately, but. Uh, it, it, it that doesn't seem likely. Uh, it, it, it's hard to see how uh, you know they obviously lost by 21 at home. Uh, it's hard to see how they do any better on the road uh, at Mackey the way Purdue is playing. Um, so you gotta I mean you gotta come closer on the table, uh, you know, really at this point. I mean, I think they're what 12 and seven. Um, you know, you gotta get to 20 wins minimum, I think uh, with this group, you gotta be over 500 uh in the league and you've got to beat somebody good and and there's just not that many uh just good looking wins you know left on the table there's a lot of okay teams left on their uh on their schedule i mean northwestern would make a difference i think nebraska would make a difference you know i think that you know those three games michigan state even would help um but it's it's hard to see where they get you know they they need some quad ones and it's hard to see where they get some quad ones you know lucky with schedule
2: Justin Doerack of the Indianapolis Star with us. Yeah. The crazy thing is I think, you know, Indiana could they get to the 20? Yes, but there's just not any standout victories non-conference or Big 10 wise, and I don't have the graphic in front of me right now, but last year I went through the or last week I went through the Big 10 conference about all the games remaining against quad one teams and Indiana was I think oh, right in the middle, maybe just toward the, the, the top of the bottom half of the conference as far as opportunities left to play quad one teams. So Indiana, in some ways, even though it's still January, kind of running out of opportunities to prove itself and not just uh, get the win total needed, but get the resume overall needed.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest part. I mean, that, that's what's got them in the last couple of years is uh, not necessarily had great records, but I mean, they, they, they won... Big game. certainly last year was was a bunch of quad one wins, uh, you know that really got them in. Obviously, you know the, the big win against Purdue. I mean, they swept Purdue, so you know winning those was huge. Um, and Ohio State, like I mean, there was a bunch of other ones. I don't think Ohio State ended up looking that good at the end, but still they, they won a lot of games that were quad one, um, and you know that that stands out. They want to know if you can beat really good teams. Uh, that that's ultimately uh, what makes a huge difference when they're when they're making these decisions as to who ends up where um, and. Yeah, I mean, they, they need to get some that show like that they belong in this tournament, that they, that they have a chance of beating somebody, uh, that matters. And right now, I mean, they're not close. I mean, I'm still, uh, I'm, I haven't looked at their net ranking a little bit, but I'm like, you know, just scrolling down right now trying to find them. Uh, and it, you got to go for a, a pretty good distance, even find Indiana. So, I mean, like to, to, get up into the 40s, which is where you need to be if you want an at large, uh, they got to do a lot. They, they got to get a lot of work done. Uh, they're, they're at, even at 100 that's a long way to go. I mean, a long way to go to get up. You, you got to move up basically 60 spots. Uh, you you got to win some huge games between now and then. I think, I mean, do they even have a quad one win? No, I mean, they don't, they don't have a quad one win. Oh, uh, oh, and, and six and quad one, two and one in quad two. I mean, their best win right now, uh, best wins right now are Ohio state and Michigan, Ohio state's 46, Michigan's 94. Uh, you know, that's not really doing anything for you. And Michigan's only falling further apart. So, I mean, there's just, not a lot on the schedule right now that turns out well for them. They've got to beat some teams uh, that are that are really good, and even then, that might not be enough. Even if they, you know, do something crazy like run the table, they might still not get there.
2: Dustin Delpirac, the Indianapolis Star. We're starting our segment with IU basketball today. Dustin, Indiana has a team. Indiana has a game coming up, excuse me, Saturday against Illinois. Terrence Shannon is going to be back for the Fighting Illini. Uh, he totally, in my opinion, changes their team in a great way. I know he's coming through a tough off the court situation that really is concerning. But as far as a player on the court, uh, he has been outstanding his uh, entire time at Illinois, and I think. Uh, with the off the court stuff, I'm sure on his mind, definitely something's still going on. Uh, his presence on the court should be a difference maker for Illinois it makes that game a lot tougher for the Hoosiers.
3: Yeah, it really does. I, I hadn't seen, I, I missed this obviously because I've been like just deeply in the Pacers land, uh, you know, recently, uh, I'm a little bit, I, I, I didn't realize they brought it back. Oh man, he's actually played since then. Um, so, okay. Um, he is granted a temporary restraining order. Oof. Okay. I mean, I think he's still. I mean, he's still under charges. Uh, that's a tough deal. I'm really surprised uh, Illinois is bringing him back, considering uh, the the state and atmosphere in the world uh, as is. But yeah, and I mean, he's he's a heck of a player. I mean, just just wholly isolating it to his quality of basketball, and he absolutely does uh, change them. I mean, I think he's you know uh, one of the you know and. uh Big Ten players are the best opportunity to be an NBA player, I guess. Obviously, in a vacuum, um, you know, if you take that out of this this scenario, but yeah, I mean that that makes that a heck of a lot harder game to win. Uh, I thought, thought that one was at least remotely gettable without him on the floor. It's a, it's a lot harder, you know. It, it, he just he does a lot of things well, scores the basketball, just you know, is just a you know really good athlete, defender, everything else. I mean, he's yeah, that changes things dramatically um for you know having him available that's that's a much different team it's much harder to get on the road
2: Dustin Dopirak, the Indianapolis star Dustin uh, Kellell Ware has been out for the Hoosiers I want to tie this into your your beat somewhat I guess but where as an NBA prospect I know it's not been the season uh, Indiana fans hope for as far as wins and it, you know where it looks like Indiana's a cinch for the tournament they're not but kel Ware, I think, has still been a winner this season. I know the injury is concerning, but uh, he has improved his game. He has been steady in double-doubles uh, or around there for Indiana. And I think from an NBA perspective, he definitely, if you look at mock drafts out there very early, thinking ahead six, seven months from now to June, um, he is uh, very steadily in those mock drafts as someone that will be considered by NBA teams this summer.
3: No, absolutely. I mean, I think um, he's put up good numbers and, you know, he, he does well of the things that you want uh, a NBA big man to do. Uh, and that's, that, that's, I think, the thing that's it's tough when you see, um, it, you know, if you're if you're a big college fan and you think, okay, like why does somebody who's less effective get drafted higher than someone who's more effective at the college level? And, and, and just ultimately the way the game is played right now, uh, it fits what Kella Ware does and it, it doesn't fit uh, what Zach Eady does, you know, for instance, as much as, Ed clearly dominated that matchup. Um, you know, if the game moves too fast, frankly, for a guy like Ed, I think he's going to get a get a, a crack at it. There are a few guys his size. You know, Jonas Valanciunas, uh, you know, Daniel Piez being some of those guys. Um, you know, so he's going to have, I think, an opportunity. Um, no one's as big, and he's got more size than most. But you know, where doesn't need you know a, a break basically. I mean, he's a guy that uh, you know can shoot from outside, which is really really important. He's got a really good touch inside. Really good athlete, rim runner, all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's what you need, um, at the end of the day. I mean, that's, that's the sort of thing that translates. You know, the Pacers have a couple guys like that. You know, Miles Turner is a, is a outside shooter, shot blocker. Uh, so is Jalen Smith. You know, Isaiah Jackson doesn't shoot as much, and that's why he doesn't get on the floor as much, but he's a really good athlete. Um, and where I think has a lot of those traits, it's not a great draft, uh, you know, to start with. You're, you're, you're talking about a lot of unknowns they are going to be top five, top 10 picks, guys from G League Ignite or guys from, uh, overseas. Uh, you know, where's going to be kind of a, a known commodity, uh, it, a guy that looks like I keep seeing him around the 17 to 25 range, and, you know, he fits. There's going to be teams that, that need somebody like him. That doesn't mean he's going to go right in and be a superstar, but he's, you know, he, he is helpful when you got a guy with that kind of length, that kind of size, uh, that can shoot the basketball that can handle you know and and do a lot of the things that they're asking sideman to do at the nba level now uh that puts him you know ahead of the game and so that's going to translate easy and you know it's, it's going to look really good on draft board so i i do think he'll still be a first round pick and that he's helped himself being a more uh you know primary scorer definitely seems like he's taken some uh, you know positive steps this year he you know Uh, he's going to look pretty good to NBA talent evaluators. And, again, it's not a particularly great draft. He might have been lower in other years, but in this year he'll be higher up. uh, You know, he'll he'll be higher up the board.
2: Dustin Dopirak, the Indianapolis Star. I want to go back to the Thornton's text line and get back into some Indiana stuff with you. Just uh, using your experience covering college hoops and covering Indiana basketball over the years, uh, maybe you could reply to this. Texter says, if Indiana doesn't make the tournament this season – what is the expectation for Woodson's fourth season to keep his job with the portal four years seems to be plenty of time to reach expectations. Again, that's a text from the Thornton's text line. Any thoughts or uh, comments on that, Dustin? Yeah. I mean, I think,
3: you know, obviously like I said, I mean, I, I haven't seen it up close and, and I'm, you're certainly, I, I follow a lot of the discourse uh, on Twitter and whatnot. And have seen the people start to get riled up. I mean, it's, it's very weird just because just basically at all the years I covered it, it was, there was some sense of like, okay, like this is, you know, what the bar is, um, you know, like this is how long it should take you to build a tournament team. This is how much sort of grace you're granted when you are, when you, when you do have a tournament team, when you do have success early in your career, if you lose some of those guys, you know, you're, you're given a certain grace period to get it back to normal, um, you know, and so it's, it's weird judging Woodson because he did, Start with more in the cupboard, but he added to it, and he, he, you know, created a team that was good enough to make the tournament his first year. Uh, you know, win a game his second year, and so I think um, it's going to be interesting to see how how he's judged going forward. Um, but also what he does this offseason, uh, as far as the portal is concerned, because I mean, this team is largely portal built. Uh, you know, certainly his, his best, most talented player was from the portal. Uh, in where, and obviously some other guys, some other important pieces, especially off the bench. Uh, have been portal guys. So it's like, okay, well, you know, how do you, how do you judge this guy? Um, actually, that's, that's not true. He's I mean, The bench has been portal guys because there, there have been a couple, you know, obviously there's freshman freshman, Baco, uh, and Renewal, obviously is a sophomore, but that are, you know, his own recruits. Um, but it'll be what he decides he needs uh, and, and how he decides to attack this and what he looks at and says, well, this is what went wrong this year. You know, this is, these are the mistakes I made and how he adjusts. And I think that's, that's going to tell the tale for Mike Woodson. I think, you know, um, he, he did have I, – he I wouldn't go so far as to call it a joyride, but his first two years, you know, there weren't a lot of people complaining um, about much of anything. And even this offseason, you're like, wow, Woodson's really got it going. And all of a sudden, uh, this team hasn't worked out as much. And people were like, whoa, is he going to stay? Is he the guy? who' got to change direction? Um, and so that in itself is going to be something that Woodson is going to have to adjust to. And, and you know, we – I remember just having a lot of discourse when he was hired about, well, you know, he's been an NBA coach, what's this going to be like? Uh, you know, what, what are going to be the adjustments? And this is one of the adjustments. Uh, you know, you're, you're judged very harshly on roster building. And so he is recruited well at the top of the scale. Um, you know, getting guys that were highly rated that they had to, he had to beat people out for. Um, there's, there's the question of retention. There's the question of building a whole roster and not just having you know superstars at the top. And I think Um, that's something I've been interested in the whole time is is how does he evaluate guys that aren't going to be pros. He seems to have a pretty good sense of knowing who's an NBA player and being able to sell that guy on. I can turn you into this. Um, But, you know, uh, the the difference is now it's figuring out, all right, how do you build around them? And, um, you know, also, what do you do when you feel like you've made a mistake, when it hasn't gone the way that you hoped? How do you change direction? How do you course correct? I mean, I think that's something you've seen Matt Painter doing over, since he's had the, the tournament issues over the last couple of years, going getting guys that fit the specific holes that he had. How is Mike Woodson going to view that as far as looking at what he's going to get back and then decide what needs to be built around him to actually play the way he wants to play?
2: Talking with Dustin Dopierak. Dustin, great stuff. Final question uh, from the Pacers beat. Obviously some uh, shakeup, a big trade. Uh, Pascal Siakam, I hope I got the pronunciation right, but I know he's has a household name in the NBA and uh, a big addition to the Pacers roster. Uh, how are things going with such a new face involved that comes in with a lot of promise?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of um, just... You see a lot of opportunity there. Obviously, he can be the, the secondary scorer that they've been looking for, uh, a guy that can really create his own. You know, I think it's been really impressive to see what he can do. Uh, it just in terms of a creator, I mean, he's six foot 8 He's got a really good handful of the ability to get his own shot. Uh, hit a lot of the mid-range stuff That you know, that's not the shot that you necessarily want, but you've got to have guys that can get those that are basically saying, all right, like, someone's going to try to get in your way. You've got to be able to pull it from wherever you're going to get to and make a shot. Um, and Siakam can do that. I mean, it just whatever position he's in, he can find a way to put the ball in the bucket, and that's a big deal. Defensively, he really changes what they do a whole lot uh, because he's got the length to really guard the power forwards that have given them so many problems so far. Obviously, the power forward spot has really evolved. So Those guys are more like threes now, and they've got the ability to shoot and handle uh, and drive it and everything like that. They're not, you know, back to the basket, close around the rim type guys. Uh, and those guys have given them problems uh, this year. And so Siakam gives the guy that's got the length, Deal with that. I think he makes it so everybody else slots in uh, so they defend people that make sense. Um, and that goes a long way. He's made him better defensively already. He's going to make him a better offensive team. Obviously, Halliburton's been out, and so you haven't really seen the full force of the offensive potential, but he's got a chance to be. Uh, re- I mean, he's obviously already a great player, and they needed a guy of his caliber if they were going to make a real run. And I think this puts him in a lot better position.
2: All right, Dustin Dolpirak, with us Wednesdays on the show. Dustin, as always, thank you, and uh, we'll do it again uh, next week. Sounds good. Thank you. All right, uh, Dustin Dolpirak, with us Wednesdays on the show. Uh, IU Pacers, college hoops, and more when Dustin is with us here on the program. We'll head to a quick break. We're back with Jeffersonville coach Sharon Wilkerson after this on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
0: We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective.
2: Let's win for coach. who got us here. Here's
0: Matt Dennison.
2: All right, we're back to wrap up this Wednesday program with Sharon Wilkerson, head coach of the Jeffersonville boys basketball program and we all know that Jeff has played just an unbelievable schedule this year going to a couple big holiday tournaments Indianapolis Cathedral to open the season uh, playing at Brownstown Central the night after a game with rival New Albany and that's just the beginning Uh, lots of new additions and lots of regular challenges on the schedule for the Red Devils but this Jeff team appears to really be coming together they've built their record to 10-6 And the last couple weeks, uh, really going back to the first of the year, wins over New Albany, Floyd Central, Providence, uh, just a blowout victory over Columbus East on Saturday night. And now gearing up for a couple big conference games here over the next two and a half weeks or so to wrap up conference season. Coach Wilkerson, what's the pulse of this team as we get ready to talk about February and the postseason?
1: No, Matt. We, we're we're starting to turn the corner on on fixing our identity on who we want to be, Matt. And obviously, that entails being able to guard the basketball, uh, be able to rebound the basketball, and that way we kind of feel like we can use our athleticism. No, we've we've played a really really tough schedule. Um, in fact, Matt, we we're as you mentioned, we're sitting here at, at ten and six, and, and two of the games that we lost to the six was was at buzzer beaters against some you know both really good teams, uh, South Bend Riley and of course uh, Seymour. Uh, so we kind of feel like even at, at this juncture in the season, you know, we we really feel like we've been tested thoroughly, obviously, and uh, hopefully we can continue to play good basketball uh, to finish out the season.
2: Sharon Wilkerson, Jeffersonville basketball coach, my guest. Coach, uh, you got lots of contributions this year. Um, guys, you've had a lot of players step up in some of these big victories, but one guy that has really looked good in January, and maybe it's just because I've seen the Devils more in January than December, but it's Michael Cooper. And I mentioned him to you after the Columbus East win on our post-game coverage. And I wanted to bring his name up again. Um, he's had a a great year. He's had a season where he's taken, I think a couple big steps forward and, um, he may not uh, have come into, come into the season as, the number one name on your roster and i think you probably got a, a number of number ones one a one b and one c but uh, michael cooper i think has been tr- uh, outstanding for your devils so far this year
1: no matt it's it's, it's ironic that it uh, that it's kind of played out this way because we really challenged mikey uh, at the beginning of the season, actually, the challenge started prior to the season, more specifically during the off season. But we kind of felt like he could become more of a leader, if you will, of our program, uh, and and he's done a really, really good job in every aspect. Ah, uh, he's responded extremely well to the challenges, and and I will tell you, uh, from from a standpoint of of being consistent and stable, uh, he's probably been our most consistent and stable player uh, this this entire year. And I'm speaking from an effort standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, from a communication standpoint. You know, he's really matured, and we're, and we're we got really high expectations for him Matt, uh, to finish out the season.
2: Coach, uh, I know that obviously people see you on the floor coaching your team, Uh, practices are closed as it is everywhere, Uh, but you have done a lot to bring this Jeffersonville program forward. Obviously, I think anybody that knows you knows your connection, your love for the city, for the school, for basketball uh, at Jeff High School, but Off the court, you've worked hard to make sure everybody's in line when it comes to grades and uh, behavior and so forth. And that's a big job of any high school coach, not just you at Jeff. But what are some of the off the court things you've worked to instill in your time at Jeff to make sure these young men have the best opportunity on the court to be successful?
1: No, man. First, let me say this: uh, every coach that I've ever played for, uh, specifically at the high school and the college level, uh, it's it, it was student first, and and now especially as a professional husband father, uh, I'm so so appreciative uh, of that message. I mean, man, and it was it was uh, it was a standard that was unable to be deviated from and that standard apply to everybody across the board and now in this position i'm just basically paying forward and sharing uh what was expected of me uh and specifically uh just to name a few guys coach broughton obviously and coach knight obviously as well uh both of those guys just was so hard about character first being a really good student i mean man and then once you're a good person and you're a good student then you can concentrate on becoming a good athlete and we truly believe that the things that you do as a person, the things that you do uh, in the classroom, those are the exact same things that you have to do to win tough ball games and to be successful at a high level. So we kind of think that they go hand in hand. And for us, we've been very fortunate that our kids have bought into that philosophy. Uh, not only have they bought into the philosophy, but they have now started to share that philosophy uh, with the student-athletes that's coming from behind them. And when that starts to happen, Matt, I truly believe that you have something special.
2: Coach Wilkerson of Jeff, our guest, Coach. Uh, we're entering the final month here very soon of regular season play, and you still got a number of regular season games left, and some big challenges at Center Grove, uh, Bedford coming up this weekend. We'll be there for the call on 900 A.M. Uh, Jennings County, Louisville, Ballard, Evansville, Wrights, a really good Evansville Christian 1A team. I mean, they have been outstanding this year, and then Castle to wrap up the regular season. So there's a lot of challenges ahead, and a lot of opportunity to figure things out before the postseason but um, as you look ahead to the sectional uh, and as you think about this Hoosier Hills conference that you guys are right in the middle of competing for a conference championship uh, talk about the month ahead talk about the challenges for your team and really some of it could be for any coach in the area in the conference in the sectional just shaping up to be a really fun February and I think a really good uh, week at Seymour for sectional basketball here a month and a half or so from now
1: no matter, I, I would tell you a couple of things. First, we are really, really excited about the way our schedule is going to finish out. You know, we kind of feel like, man, that we've we've played some really tough conference opponents here recently. Uh, we've we've had some success, and now we're trying to find out and figure out uh, exactly where we fall back in that food chain of the best teams in the state of Indiana. So, you mentioned our schedule that we're going to have to play here. Additionally, it also gets us ready for the tournament. Now in this tournament, especially in the state of Indiana, every time you step on the floor, whether it's the first game of the sectional the sectional championship, the first game of the re- – whatever the case may be, you're going to have a tough role ahead of you and the challenge is going to be daunting. So we figure the best way to, to face that and to prepare for it is to put our guys in those positions. So finishing up this season, we, we specifically – we have some goals that we definitely want to try to accomplish, and one of those goals is, is to continue to allow uh, our – momentum, if you will, to continue to be on an upwards trend.
2: Sharon Wilkerson, great stuff from the Jeffersonville coach in advance of a big conference game coming up this weekend, for sure. Coach, always great to catch up. I know that in the month of February, heading into sectional play, we'll have a number of additional conversations, so look forward to catching to you, uh, catching up with you then.
1: Matt, it's always wonderful. I greatly, greatly appreciate the time. Very, very much appreciate it.
2: Absolutely. Sharon Wilkerson with us here on the show. And as we get into February and in the sectional, we've got our big sectional preview show we plan to do. That's always fun to gather a lot of the coaches there heading into the postseason. Obviously, Coach Wilkerson and the Red Devils. One of the teams locally that have a big opportunity here coming up, and I think the Hoosier Hills finish over the next month is going to be outstanding, and I think the Seymour sectional, uh, like it is basically every year, is going to be a lot of fun for a fan. So uh, I'm excited about girls sectionals though. Uh, that Lanesville Borden championship game, uh, if it plays out that way, uh, about a month from, or excuse me, about a week from now, uh, will be a lot of fun, and the girls really kind of help get the uh, feel set for. Uh, postseason basketball so looking forward to taking in some sectional basketball here over the next week or so text on the text line from my old-time friend kevin he says don't know if it was mentioned but larry bird had his game scoring record broken by a player that scored 56 points i saw a video of the caitlin clark incident after the ohio state game that's one of the worst flops i have ever seen she threw herself to the floor I saw it a couple times. I, I didn't necessarily have the same opinion. I honestly didn't watch it closely enough, but it's just concerning when there's storming going on and there's coaches and players leaving the floor that just left an emotional game. But uh, thanks for your uh, thoughts. And I, I'm not sure on the Larry Bird thing. I had not mentioned it, but I will look into that. So thank you, Kevin, as always, for listening. And uh, Kevin has been a... Long-time IU fan in the area. Uh, He's been with the football uh, program over the years uh, through some good moments and some tough ones as well. But uh, Kevin, uh, a good IU fan and a good friend. So thank you for the text. That's going to wrap things up for this Wednesday show. I will be back with you tomorrow at 11 a.m., complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and in sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Uh, Friday night, Jeff and Bedford on 900 a.m. because of a conflict here on the Big X. And then Saturday night, New Albany hosting Jasper here on the Big X. Join us for those games if you can't make it out uh, to those games. Have a great Wednesday. Stay dry, awful wet out there. And I'll talk with you Thursday here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.